Hey everybody, I'm Tim Whitaker, along with Rob McMichael and Jordan Renault. This is our podcast, Coffee, Theology, and Jesus. Our purpose for this podcast is to discuss this messy, difficult, and amazing thing we call the Christian faith. As Christians, we are encouraged and challenged constantly to see what the Bible teaches us about who Jesus was and how he lived and how we can better represent his message every day. Join us each episode as we explore how this relationship with Jesus affects everything from politics and religion to relationships and theology. Now that you know a little more about us, let's get into this week's episode. This week on episode number 59, we touch on a topic that invades almost every episode of our podcast, the gospel and evangelism. The discussion starts as a result of the recent event sponsored by Focus on the Family, Bring Your Bible to School Day. We discuss what the gospel is and what are the ways that we are called to preach it. The discussion continues into the recent news of Florida Georgia Line having Chris Tomlin lead concert goers in worship. We discuss guidelines for evangelizing and witnessing in light of this news. Join us as we have a pretty lively discussion, just scratching the surface of what the gospel is and how we are called to preach it. Welcome, everyone, to the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. I am your host, Tim Whitaker, joined here with my lovely co-hosts, Rob and Jordan. Hello, gentlemen. Good morning. <laughs> Hi, Tim. I like, I, right. like to say, I like to say good morning because it makes me feel like I have more energy mm. than, when, than when we're actually recording this podcast. It also it throws people off the scent. Like, who yeah. knows when we're actually recording this? Who knows what day, what right. time? It could be any not day. Morning. It's uh, not morning, though. Uh, it might be the future. A small breakfast tidbit, since we're talking about morning. Uh-huh. So my boss and the CEO of our company and a bunch of other the managers from New Jersey were down in our office today for a meeting. Uh-huh. So my boss was like, hey, can you pick up some pastries and stuff? Like not Dunkin' Donuts, like real pastries. I was like, sure. So on my way to work, I stop at a bakery. And nice. I walk in and the cases are like empty except for some cookies. <laughs> like four cases completely empty one tray of cookies i'm like that's weird maybe they just haven't brought them out yet so i'm like finally gets to me because i'm like the third person and i'm like do you have any breakfast pastries she's like oh let me go in the back and look she comes back out and she's like oh our danishes will be ready in two hours <laughs> i was like you understand it won't be breakfast anymore right <laughs> so at 2 p.m <laughs> north carolina yeah so i found another bakery quite quickly Wait, did she say that with the with the serious face of saying to you with her face but you can wait if you want yeah it kind of was like yeah like you could come back in two hours and they'll be all ready for you <laughs> piping hot danishes you oh. should have been like, this is for my job. I'm going to get fired yeah. if you don't give me these Danishes. <laughs> you, you better turn up the temperature, Carol, because these need to be done in four minutes. <laughs> turn Anita. it all the way up. How hot does your oven get? Does it get like, uh, you know, Daniel hot, like in the Bible? Yeah. It's going to be have to be seven times hotter, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, That's this is great. how baking works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just turn up the heat <laughs> so quicker. Hot, I watch more a, temperature, I, faster speed. <laughs> I watch a lot of cooking shows, so I know how to cook now. 
And that is the first thing they tell you. You want it done sooner? Turn the heat all the way up. Mm. Works every time. (laughs) Good thing there's no one listening to this podcast for uh, cooking tips. Oh, this would be the worst podcast on the face of the planet. We should change our we should change our our niche. Bake it. We are now going to coffee and Jesus. There we go. (laughs) Coffee, pastries, and Jesus. How do you cook Christian? Cupcakes, we will tell you. You have well, to tear up pieces of the Bible, easy. throw them into your mix, powder them up, and sprinkle it over. Bless them. <laughs> pray over them. If you don't bless the food, you die. How will it how will it be Christian food? If I'm you, telling you. If you pray over the pastries, you'll have ten baskets left over once you're done. But if they you will, don't they will not make you fat. <laughs> you die. You die if you don't pray over your food. Yeah. Um, so if you eat all 10 baskets, you will also die. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. See, yeah. maybe we should so, have a, yeah. a baking cook show. Good podcast. tips. <laughs> Good Don't tips. eat 10 baskets <laughs> of Danish. I'm no doctor. <laughs> However, <laughs> we, we are not experts, but. Disclaimer, this is not <laughs> medical advice. <laughs> But it is good. Good advice. Yeah, don't eat 10 baskets of oh, danishes. Man. Oh, that's great. I hope one of our listeners is the owner of this bakery cafe. This is what happens. It's probably that lady you were talking to. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. It's Carol. It's Carol. <laughs> Rob, you, you had an update for us you wanted to give all of our listeners. Uh, yeah. Um, so any of our listeners that know me, which is a high percentage of our listeners. <laughs> no- <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> know me and or are related to me. <laughs> so 95% of our listeners, which is okay. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm all right with that. Um, they know that I'm not particularly a dog person. Ooh. But here I have laying next the dog. to me. Oh, <laughs> so I started killing dogs. I opened up like, a kill shelter. No big deal. <laughs> Just to uh, live out that preference of my life. Wow. I opened up my kill shelter. Oh, my gosh. So you got a dog. Sorry. So, awesome. yes, I had, have a. He had past tense a dog. <laughs> this is why we shouldn't record late at night (laughs) this is gonna be a long episode everyone i'm sorry Uh, but i have a i have a full-bred golden retriever puppy you have air bud classic yes i'm training him to shoot basketballs right now and play volleyball and do soccer (laughs) that's right (laughs) there's several different talents that air bud has but uh yeah, it's. I mean, it's not my dog. It's Julia's dog. Oh, I Real. thought your announcement was going to be that you're homeschooling your kids. I thought oh, you were going to fired. That's another. <laughs> that's the next announcement. Oh, go ahead, Rob. Face. Sorry. Hold on, Rob. I ruined your intro. Let me try it again. Rob, that's amazing. Any other announcements you want to update us on? I do, and it's a bigger announcement because I was saving the best for last. What is it, Rob? Oh. I'm entering into the world of Jordan Renault and Timothy Whitaker. I am homeschooling my children. Oh, oh, oh wow! Bravo! <laughs> I, was, I didn't see that I coming. 
I was a little worried for a second there. I was like, that could yeah. mean anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tattoos and beer. I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. Drinking while podcasting. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Although I, I must say, I am not homeschooling our children. Julia is homeschooling our children oh, again. Way to pass the buck, Rob. <laughs> I mean, Rob, you see how I came out. What would make you want to homeschool? <laughs> <laughs> Seeing how I came out. <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> pros cons <laughs> just look at tim there's all your cons <laughs> all right here on this zoom video chat uh, <laughs> that's cool yeah it's been good pretty luck. good so far nice well yeah because you're not there <laughs> let's ask julia <laughs> she'll tell us what <laughs> the reality of homeschool <laughs> rob's like it's great i come home the kids are ready to school it's super successful <laughs> julia's like i'm dying i am dying i was Rob's wondering why half her hair is pulled out <laughs> <laughs> and why she's asleep by seven o'clock <laughs> rob's like you've been educated <laughs> You done been learned them stuff? That's ex learned? I mean, I'm surprised that you are homeschooling. I thought that you moved down there for the schools. I, so our intention was never to homeschool. And Julia has always said, you know, I'm not, I don't know if I could ever do it. I'm not that type of mom. I'm not that type of personality. And we did pick where we live because of the schooling district. It's very highly rated. We actually had them enrolled in preschool and Lord just put it on our heart to homeschool. So that's what we're doing. Way to be obedient. Way to go, man. That's great. Yeah. I'm proud <clears> of you. Go. Hopefully they don't get scarred. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't feel like either of us were scarred. Uh, no, I mean, you know what it is? I, I knew a lot of kids who were just really awkward. And it, yeah. it honestly, it depends on the kids. Some kids are awkward right. no matter what you do with them. They can be in public, private, homeschool, charter school. They'll just be awkward kids. And some yeah, kids sure. won't. So, yeah. We also did both go to an actual school or a private school, I guess, for a few years. How long did you go? I went from sophomore year to when I graduated, but that okay. school was. I mean, there were 40 kids in the sure. whole school. It was pretty... it's a good. <laughs> I look at it. Well, when you were there, there was 40 kids. When I was there, there was 100 kids. Was there 100 what? or was there 60? <laughs> Massive. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it, was a good, it was a good transition from. Uh, it was. No, I mean, I got to a point where I was, I was begging my mom to go to school. I'm like, I need people. I mean, I'm also wired to be more social yeah. so i just told her i needed to go to school and eventually she let me but um, i was kind of the opposite it was my younger brother micah he's the social one and uh he wanted to go to school and i really didn't but i gave in wait what oh it, uh micah yeah uh, i'm thinking i'm like peter or joseph i just no. can't picture <laughs> them begging no. to hopefully go to micah yeah hopefully micah, micah doesn't funny. listen because i thought micah was older than you he probably I mean, doesn't. He probably does listen. I think he listens sometimes. Hey, Micah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hi, Micah. Sorry. Thought you were older. No, he's younger than me. He We started at the same time, and he was a freshman, and I was a junior. So, Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad I was homeschooled because music was part of my 
like education. So I, I played music a lot and had a lot of time outside without any technology, which was great. Um, but I mean, at some point I just needed to go, I, I had to go to high school. So I'm glad that I did both, but that's exciting, Rob. Good luck. That's a fun new experience. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. I'm so looking forward to teaching my children. <laughs> teaching them what, Rob? Just in general. Whatever Julia teaches them. <laughs> the reinforcing, whatever. Rob's talking to his seven-year-old, like, all right, advanced trigonometry. Here we go. Now, when it comes to engineering, let but me show wait. you how to install boilers. But wait. So the other day for lunch, I normally cut like their sandwiches and they either get triangles or squares. Like you cut it on diagonals or you cut it straight across what so yes yes rob we understand (laughs) shut up (laughs) i didn't know you're homeschooled i know but i'm I'm telling you i was serious i'm following you squares triangles there might be some serious gaps in your knowledge (laughs) (laughs) so i i go to elijah i was like what what shape do you want your sandwich cut in and he goes hexagons (laughs) (laughs) that's good I was like, okay, so my four-year-old is asking for hexagon-shaped sandwiches. Did you slap him on the wrist and say, no, that's a waste of bread, and then make him eat the crust? Oh, no, yeah, he eats the crust. Like, he eats all of the shapes that came out of that sandwich. (laughs) But one of them was a hexagon, right? But one of them was a hexagon. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're off to a great start. (laughs) Yeah. What about you guys? Any good news? <laughs> Only well, bad that, news. that's all the time we got on this episode of the podcast. Um, we got a new car. That's cool. Cool. Yeah, it's like a new car. Like a well, Dave Ramsey would yell car. at you. No, no, oh, okay. he would not. He'd be very proud. Actually, oh, good. Nice. Well, what happened was I don't know if I ever told you guys this story. Definitely not on the podcast. But when we were moving to Kentucky from Washington, we had this uh, Subaru Forester and we were driving it and we'd had it for a couple of years and it broke down on our trip to Kentucky, but it broke down like 30 minutes from Lexington, which was awesome because my brother came out and we called a tow truck and it was there and it was much better than breaking down in like the middle of the New Mexican desert or something. So for like six months, um, our car was had like engine damage and we were trying to decide, should we fix it? Should we buy something else? Cause it was going to be expensive. And we had leased a car in the meantime. So it's been sitting at my brother's house. And then like three or four months ago, his neighbor uh, rear ended it <laughs> and totaled it. So I was like, decision made. <laughs> so check, the awesome please. Part, yeah. The awesome part was, the insurance company wrote us a check for literally like $200 less than we had originally paid for the car like three years ago. So Sweet. that was pretty great. Yeah. So yeah, we just now finally got something. That's great. It makes our schedules a little easier. We don't have to work opposite schedules. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah. How fortuitous. Wow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thank we're, you. We're really adults talking about homeschooling and new cars. That's the, that's the yeah. big changes in our lives. At least we have hilarious jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, killed shelters. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Rob killing dogs for fun. This is full of jovial jokes. Well, it's not for fun. It's for money. <laughs> <laughs> 
But what does the money pay for, Rob? Fun. For fun. <laughs> there you go. And homeschool money, your kids. It's a money's good cause. just the middleman. <laughs> money is just the middleman. Yeah. Well, um, okay, enough enough of the bantering of nonsense. Our poor listeners are probably just rolling their eyes. Um so we are gonna have a topic tonight because it has been a while. And we are trying for the record, everyone. We're trying to be more consistent. It's just stinking hard. There's just no way around it. Yeah. It's hard to get three schedules lined up. It's hard to do this. And whatever we, we do, it's a good time. A break. But it's just tough. took a break over the summer. An unintentional, unannounced yeah. break. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. I was like, if we had announced this, it would have sounded super official and legit. Yeah. And it would have made total sense that we didn't do any podcasts for three months. But yep. now well, it's just like, oh, we're back we're in the right. saddle. So, you know, Rob, Jordan, we've been keeping um, a text message thread going for quite some time, arguing and discussing all kinds of things. Jordan, I'll hand it over to you because you brought up tonight's discussion. What do you want to talk about tonight? What's on your mind? Well, basically, it was kind of the uh, coming together of a few different things that came up both in our text conversation and then some things that I had kind of noticed in our even in some of our podcast conversations. And generally speaking, it's kind of just this idea of like how we do evangelism or like how we share the gospel as Christians um, is there a right way to do it? Is there a wrong way? Is there a harmful way I, is probably an important question to ask. And I think that's going to come up. So definitely um, you're going to share about kind of that, that article in our text. But um, I was thinking back to when we did the podcast on that. Uh, was it a, a state senator or somebody that like prayed in, in public? And it was kind of like a very... And it was very cringy. Yeah. And, and, but that kind of came up in that conversation. Like, is there ever a, a wrong way to share the gospel? You know, if you're sharing the gospel, could you do it in such a way that would harm like what you're sharing? I guess. Does that make sense? Kind of like is the setting or the context of you sharing the gospel, something that you could be just so out of place that that actually harms what you have to say. So that's kind of part of what I've been thinking. And then along with that, I know you and I have probably talked about before years ago and maybe more recently too, just the idea of like uh, gospel tracks and um, you know, you and I both work for an organization that, you know, did backyard Bible clubs. Um, so all these, we have kind of these experiences with different ways of doing this um yeah so i guess that's kind of the general thought for tonight tim oh me sorry (laughs) (laughs) i was waiting on rob i wanted to be a gentleman oh yeah sure rob if you have anything to add to that but i just kind of wanted to set up that's that's the setup oh okay cool there you go rob are you gonna do you have anything no, I thought we were going to go into the article. Oh, the um, Bring Your Bible to School? Yeah. Okay. Right. All right. So let's back up, everyone. Let's back up for a minute. This all came to fruition because I texted our group chat. So there's this thing going around by Focus on the Family. You've probably heard about it. It's called National Bring Your Bible to School Day. It's a big thing. Focus on the Family is making a big push. They've been doing Facebook advertisements with all kinds of bands and um you know like the newsboys uh for king 
for king and country and they have like little blurbs of like guys from the band saying why it's important to to do this to bring your bible to school they had drew Brees say something he got some backlash from the lgbtq community because i i assume from according to them focus on the family is anti-gay whatever that means that's not for this topic that's for a different time so essentially my thought was that i think this is silly that's just how i saw it. i think this is silly and just the wrong thing to be focusing on because bring your bible to school day isn't really so much in my opinion about quote-unquote evangelism it's more about teaching kids to stand up for their rights which really means for the rights of the adults to make a political point about how faith is active and they're allowed to bring bibles into school to fight the big liberals who are trying to shut them down that's Amen. ultimately in my opinion what this stuff comes down to and on their website like their little headers with little you know sections to go to one of the main ones is called your rights and you tap on it and it tells you to know your rights and uh, you know that you have a first amendment right to do this yada 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 so my big beef with this was that if the heart is to share jesus with your neighbor or with people there are better national days to have than just to have kids bring in a book as a way of sharing their faith. I don't know how that shares, you know, the gospel with anyone, unless this 12 year old or 14 year old is gonna open up the Bible and be able to walk them through whatever they've been taught is the gospel essentially, which yeah. I have a feeling will be, will, will be pretty uncommon in my opinion, but. Um, I know the Bible is very unclear as to what the gospel is. Not saying Ooh. it's impossible. <laughs> uh, well, it depends on who you ask, I think, Rob. But uh, anyway, <laughs> different discussion. My point is that I thought this whole thing was just silly. I looked at it and I go, of course, because in my opinion, this is really hiding a different motive. The motive is not really evangelism. The motive is politically motivated, in my opinion, to stand up for your faith because, you know, Christian liberties are just under full-fledged assault in our nation. We're just, we're one step away from whatever the, the political talking points are right now. I don't know if you've seen God's Not Dead too, <laughs> but <laughs> have they warned us about this, Rob? <laughs> have they warned us about this day? <laughs> Last but, Christian movie I watched was uh, Pamela's Prayer. Oh my! <laughs> Yo, listen right now. If you're a listener and you've watched Pamela's Prayer and know what we're talking about, send us a message so we can talk about it together. <laughs> if you have not watched it, it's on YouTube for free. Pamela's prayer. Should post the link. Post the link. Oh, I'll I'll put it in the show notes. For the record, it is not a Babylon B movie. You might think it is. You might think the Babylon B has gone to the movie business. They have not. But these actors and actresses made hundreds of dollars producing this film. Ten tens of dollars. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Sorry, Rob. That's that's kind of my point. Rob, go ahead. What do you got? So I I looked at it from a completely different point of view, not the pessimistic negative one that you always do. <laughs> Am. <laughs> this is a weird episode. Go ahead, Rob. <laughs> I like it. Uh, but so I saw it as a lot of kids are feel discouraged and that their Christian faith isn't allowed at a public school and that they're not allowed to talk about it and it's it's almost like okay i know 
your identity is that, but we don't want that here where they're celebrating everyone else's identity, whatever that happens to be at, at that day. And, but the Christian identity is supposed to be shoved in a closet and keep that at your own house on your own time where I felt that this day was a good encouragement to those kids that feel like I can't be who I am at school when everyone else is encouraged to be whoever they are. Um, but this was just an encouragement to them to say, hey, you are allowed to bring your Bible to school. Like there are no laws against that. This is a freedom of religion. This is, and you're allowed to do that. And we're encouraging you to be who you are in Christ, no matter where you are. So it starts with school, goes to work, goes to, it, it should define you wherever you are. And that's, that's kind of where I looked at this from. I understand maybe the overarching, there might be some political motivators behind it, but I don't think most kids or families would even see that in my opinion. Are you serious? You think that most adults who follow focus on the family are not thinking about the political side of bringing your Bible to school. When on the website, the first thing it says under the uh, live your faith tab is uh, you will be joined by hundreds of thousands of students and their families who are celebrating freedom in faith on this day. That's a very classic word, code word for something beyond just sharing your faith. It's about the freedom part. That's what, that's what I'm saying is I think they're just masquerading this idea under let's show whatever the people we have in our head that we can do it too. So we're going to have our kids bring their Bible to school. And my point is that I don't know what that's going to accomplish. I like, what's that going to do? I don't understand what it's going to do. I brought my Bible to school, my Christian school, you know, <laughs> and your homeschool. I, I just don't, I mean, okay. I'll give you an example and make listen. I could be wrong on this, but you know, little Susie who's 15 brings her Bible to school and then what like what's she supposed to do start talking to students about the Bible start talking about whatever she's been taught about Jesus I just don't understand like what the point of bringing a Bible to school is other than just purposely trying to make you know or take a stand for your freedom because the liberals hate your Bible pretty much I mean that's how I see it in my head I feel like as usual I'm somewhere in the middle of you guys. Perfect. <laughs> On this. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I see it both ways. I can understand, Tim, where you're coming from and kind of the political motivations and uh, of that. And I also agree with Rob that that view is sort of pessimistic for sure <laughs> um, because I don't think that everyone automatically has these ulterior motives that are purely political. Um, I think there's lots of Christians out there, even people who follow focus on the family who are really genuinely concerned about um, their ability to share the gospel and encouraging kids to share the gospel and think and see this as a good way to do that. Now, the people at focus on the family who are organizing this thing, I can't speak for their motives. Um, beyond what's on their website. And like you said, there certainly are some things on there that sound a little bit more um, politically charged in this. But I kind of see it, and my first reaction to it was like, 
I mean, what's, what's the harm in that? You know, you are kind of, I feel like you're kind of belittling this idea that some kid would come to school with their Bible and be able to then share about what they know about Jesus. But why is that not a great way to do that? (laughs) You know, like we always talk about the idea of sharing the gospel or evangelism being so much more effective when it happens in the context of like a personal relationship with somebody else, um, as opposed to, you know, uh, handing out gospel tracts in Times Square kind of thing. (laughs) I guess that would be the, the other end of that spectrum. Um, and my thought with this thing in school is like, Hey, these kids probably have friends that they're already close to and have relationships with, and maybe don't have a good way to bring up talking about spiritual things. Um, you know, like I get that. That's, that's something even as adults we deal with. I mean, I deal with that at work all the time. Like I work with these people, you know, 40 hours a week and we talk about all sorts of different things. And, uh, you know, maybe every once in a while, the fact that I'm a Christian or that I go to church comes up. Um, so yeah, I'm, again, I can't speak to the motives of the people who've organized this like event kind of thing. Um, but I will say like the idea of bringing your Bible to school, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, I think that should be something that's encouraged. And then at the same time, despite the fact that the motivations might be political, I think it is good that students understand that they are allowed to do that. Um, there's, there is a lot of, uh, especially when it comes to like teachers in public schools that aren't allowed to say certain things, not allowed to talk about, um, their faith or anything like that. And that kind of suppression of that, I think can often, you know, trickle down into students feeling like they also can't do that. Um, and I do think it's a good thing that they understand that they could. I don't see what the problem with that is. I just don't think it's practical for what they claim that they're trying to do. It, what, I was, what, I mean, what is not, what, what do you mean by not practical? Well, okay. So again, let's just play this scenario out. So 15 year old Susie brings the Bible to school and then yeah, has you said that already. I know I'm answering your question <laughs> has what, what resource or what training would she have to share the gospel? What? I don't know. Exactly. That's my point. So like if, if, if your goal is to get kids to share the gospel, with their, with their students, there are like several other ways to do that well, besides encouraging them to bring a, a Bible to school and then maybe open it up and then read a passage and do their best to explain the gospel. That's my point. The point, my well, opinion is, mean, that, is that the motivation of these, it's just, it's, to me, it's kind of a misleading motivation. They might say it's so about- you're, you're saying it's not comprehensive enough? No, okay, here's an example, right? So I'm saying several things. I think a better way of doing sharing your gospel, the gospel with you know, your a schoolmate would be what if they had, and I said this in our group text, a national love your, uh, you know, your neighbor day where they were encouraged mm-hmm. to buy lunch for one of their schoolmates and then sit down with them and discuss the gospel. And here's some great ways to do that. That's a very practical way but of don't showing use love to someone. Bible. Well, they can if they want, but that's not what this is about. That's my whole point. This is just about one thing. Bring what your if Bible they don't know they're allowed to bring their Bible with them to this? I'm not saying this is wrong. I'm just, guys, I don't know if you're, maybe I'm not being clear. I'm saying they're positioning this as, oh, this is a way to share your faith. 
by bringing a book to school. That's where it stops. There's no other resource of what to do when you have that person right in front of you. So the I'm Bible. saying if that, yeah, the Bible. Yes, the Bible. Yes, the most complicated book almost ever where people have discussed for thousands of and years most how to read powerful it. and most life-giving yes of course and but we, definitely but we, a book that all on its own without anyone explaining it to anyone has led people to jesus uh yeah sure and also misled okay. people too as long as, as we well. agree on so that. yeah we can what do you mean but, misled well depending the, on how the you read the bible that book, has misled i don't people. think the bible has ever misled people away from jesus no how people read that book and what they say definitely has misled people before. okay yeah so, so other human influence has led people absolutely away, or yes. human translation you know, you right, know 14 year old, bible. 14 year old kids reading the book to someone maybe aren't equipped on how to read that book to someone i, I don't understand why you guys are fighting right. me on this but wait 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 hold and, on I'm, I'm almost done i'm almost done now. i'll let you talk we have literally had scholars on about the Bible and about how complicated and rich and not as black and white as we think it is. And then we're going to give it to 14 year olds with no equipping by this website and say, here, this is a way to share your faith. Just read of this book and it should no, work out fine. I, but, that's what I don't understand. But even the scholars that we've had on state that the gospel is very clear. I mean, go back and listen to the thing with John Walton. Yes, the nuances of what was the Greek or Hebrew word used here and the ancient Israelite understanding of this passage. Yeah, okay, you're not going to go into Genesis 1 and go on a diatribe about uh, creation. Okay, great. But the gospel is very clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever could believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I don't think you can really mess up those verses. Okay, so I tell my friend that. He goes, I believe that. I go, great, you're a Christian and move on. Is that how that works? Is that ever how the Bible worked? Is there any example <laughs> in the Bible about somebody saying, you are a Christian, let's go? Yes. I mean, no. Where? I'm sorry. What, no, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is you're making, my, you're making my point for me, Rob. You're saying it's so clear. All, here's the verses. So I'm saying, great. So little Susie reads those verses to someone, says, hey, do you want to pray a prayer and ask Jesus into your heart to forgive you? Okay. Where they is say that in yes. The Bible? And, well, then tell me what the gospel is, Rob. How does, some, how does Susie tell someone the gospel? How does that person get saved from just reading that Bible, black and white with no training? What, what do they do? Go ahead. I mean, are you... <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure what your issue is here. I'm just making the point that I think this is over... Okay, hold on, let's back up because we're way in the weeds. Here's all I'm trying to say. Bring your Bible to school day is a way to share your faith, they say, and also your freedom. I'm just saying there are better ways to share your faith than just telling kids to bring a Bible into school. Maybe there are other ways to do that. So I think for me, if I was, if that was my, my if my focus was having kids better share the gospel, I would find other ways to do that besides just bringing a Bible into school. Yes, bring your Bible into school. You can do that. But in, also, let's do this on top of that. Let's buy lunch for your neighbor, whatever else it would be. Let's buy school supplies for someone. That's an active way of showing them the love of God, and then you can bring them right to Scripture. That's all I'm trying to say. It's just to me, this is just, it's so just whatever. In your experience in public school, please tell <laughs> me about that. <laughs> yeah, I will. Go ahead. Cricket, cricket. <laughs> So I, I don't disagree with that, Tim, that there probably are better ways to equip those kids to do that or more thorough ways to equip kids to do that other than just saying, bring your Bible with you to school. My point in thank you. encounter to your, yours, I guess, maybe not in, in the opposition to yours, just different, is that I don't think what they're encouraging kids to do is harmful. I mean, I guess it depends on who you ask, so... 
well, like I've said many times, one of us is right and one of us. Is <laughs> <not>. <laughs> I mean, I, I think for me and everyone's different. So it depends on how you see this stuff. I grew up in a church culture that would have you throw a stick in the fire to pledge your whatever it is to Jesus. You know, do I think it was harmful? No. Do I think it was like oversimplified and like just so over, you know, just not like deep? Yeah. And like they had to kind of unlearn some of like those things. Yeah. Like did I, did I have to unlearn that there's more to being a Christian than just, you know, telling your friends that Jesus died for them? Yeah, I did. So I just, for me, again, I'm just my opinion. It just, it's a very oversimplified solution to a very complicated issue. That's just how I, I see think it. it. But I, the way I see it though, is I think that it always starts simple, you know, it's not something that you can just, you know, throw a track at someone or throw some verses at someone and say, pray this prayer. Now you're a Christian. See you later. You know, I, I don't think that you, there's obviously so much more that goes into discipleship as a concept um, than just praying a prayer, you know, and that, if, if that, that's not even a biblical thing. But um, I think that in the beginning, it can start with something small and something simple. You don't have to be, you know, prepared to disciple someone through anything as a 15 year old you know, you don't have to be prepared to do that for your friends in order to share a simple gospel with someone. But that's what I'm asking. What are you sharing with them? Like Rob gave me those verses. I said, okay. So Susie tells her classmate that she goes, great. I believe it. And then what is that the end? That's all. That's as far as Susie can get. Cause most likely if we're talking about the, the general well, what, youth group kids, most I mean, kids what, what are was taught Paul's message. Paul's message was repent and believe like yeah, i delivered unto how you complicated that I is that received. i know okay once again so susie tells her classmate that yeah and she goes great i repent and believe and now what that's what i'm trying to say like okay, if i that's, agree that's discipleship there i mean according to paul if they're genuine in that they're a christian okay you're gonna, you're gonna disagree with you're gonna disagree with paul yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right no well, i i just think done i just think <laughs> we're now we're in the, go do now we're in the game now. of picking our scripture verses to justify whatever we think is the gospel matthew 7 not all who say lord lord will enter the kingdom of heaven but only those who do the will of my father will enter the kingdom of heaven so paul according to you paul's saying just believe jesus is saying no you have, to, you have to do the will of the father and now we have on the surface a contradictory statement now, obviously that's we know how that works but that's my point is that little susie can quote paul all day someone can say great i have the right belief now i must be a christian but we both know there's so much more to that so that's my only point so you're is gonna that, say they're not a christian that's not for me to decide i would certainly hope exactly but, that is not for you to decide but so they very well might not that, be they might not be. We've had this discussion so many times about how is, Christian culture is obsessed with making people pray a prayer and believing the right thing, but we know that's not that's not the full case. We know that from Scripture. It's not just a matter. So of does that mean right we should thing. stop preaching then? No, we should preach a full gospel, Rob. We've been over. I don't understand. What, what's a full gospel? That's that's the million dollar question that we've been talking about for this whole podcast. Because as Paul defined it. I preach unto you that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Yeah. That's the full gospel. Okay. So, again, Matthew 7, where do you say Jesus fits into that? Only those who do the will of my Father will enter the kingdom of heaven. So is he opposed to Paul? Is Paul making a new gospel now? 
that's that's Obviously my point. not so what right. is the will of the father well whatever it is to do what did Jesus only say? those Repent who do believe the, the gospel will. and what is the you think you think paul uh, forget it this all over discussion we can't even get into it we're way off the rails like we got to bring it back we got to bring it back my only point is i already said it 10 times is that i think it's a lame way to do what they're trying to do that's where i stand on it boom so to give you a actual example of this in real life because I'm not sure you've ever experienced it. Just the other day, we hopped into one of my coworkers' trucks, who is also a Christian. Our, it was four of us. Three of us are Christians. The fourth is not. We hopped in, and he had a Bible on his back seat. And immediately, the guy that's not a Christian made a comment about the Bible on the back seat, and it just opened a door to say a couple words. doesn't have to be a lot, but I was able to share just something. Yes, it may only be a link in a chain that is completed 20 years down the road. But the fact that there was a Bible on the seat started the conversation. Sure. So I think our whole point is just the fact that there's a Bible in your backpack or there's a Bible on your desk at lunch starts the conversation. And I don't think that should ever be discouraged. Well, it can. I mean, I've had friends ask me without a Bible in front of them, Tim, why are you the way that you are? Why are you always so A, B, and C? And I've been able to... They could have meant something else by that, too. <laughs> why huh? are you the way that you are? <laughs> <laughs> no, but my, my point, Rob, is yes, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm also saying lifestyle can also be a great way to have that discussion. Oh, and it should so, be. Okay, well, again, I'm, that's my whole point is I'm just saying there are other ways, in my opinion, better ways to do this than, than just bring a Bible to school. Ways. So. I think you're you're minimizing what you're focusing because on. Because so of your political biases, you're minimizing. <laughs> there's, I guess, so. give, give some reason to this. There's like seven <laughs> words for the what we translate as preach in the gospel. So seven different Greek words that are translated as preach. One of them is dialogue, just discussing. One of them is preaching and proclaiming. One of them is a heralding forth. One of them is evangelizing. There are all these different ways. You're just saying, no, this is the most important one. You no, I'm saying there are one. better ways. I'm just saying, in my opinion, the there Bible are better says ways. There's seven of them, and it doesn't say this one's better than this one. None of the ones I think of involve bringing a, in the scripture, involve bringing the New Testament to a classroom. And the, does that make sense? Like, I'm not, Rob, about, I just feel like about, all I'm trying to say is in our climate, where the Bible is everywhere, yada, yada, yada. That's one way to do it. But there are, in my opinion, better ways of teaching kids how to live their life well that can also introduce the gospel to their school. But shouldn't all it be I'm all of say. them? It can be, but I think there are better ways. That's all. Right. But what you're saying then is one is better than the other. Yes. In my opinion, one's better than the other. That's just my opinion. Tim I'm is trying to say that his actions it. are better than the Bible. Yes. Right. That's what I'm saying. Okay. My actions cool. are better than the Bible. Cool. As long as we're on the same page here. <laughs> Bible unimportant. Tim by yes, lunch for someone. I definitely important. am very clearly saying that that the Bible's unimportant and that it's useless cool. and we should just toss it out. That's exactly what I'm saying in this conversation. Well, I'm glad you finally admitted it. There it is. <laughs> I hate the Bible. Put it out there. You big lib. That's me. Anyway, so let's get back to your topic, Jordan, about evangelism. Oh, we've which is one of time. the which is one of the words for preach. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I don't I'm understanding the great that's good anyway what were you saying sorry no I just I mean I don't know where else you want to go with this because apparently we're already on all three well two against one of being <laughs> ganged up on here 
you know, because of whatever. Um, I don't have, I mean, you already know my views on evangelism, quote unquote, but mm -hmm. as far as, you know, don't use the Bible. Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't use, use the, the Bible. Bible. Whatever it's too you confusing. Do. It is pretty confusing. Anyway. Um, oh, boy. I like this episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we're fighting the whole time. Yes, we're fighting. From laughter to fighting. So you had something else that you were had brought up about the uh, the Chris Tomlin thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this kind of fits into the same degree, but uh, there was an article that came out that um, Florida Georgia Line had Chris Tomlin come out and lead worship at one of their concerts. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm kind of on the fence with something like this because in one way, I'm like, oh, that's really cool that you know, Chris Tomlin's out leading worship, praising God in front of all these people, probably a lot of people worshiping with him. But at the same time, the articles kind of make it seem now that, or I feel like people are now, oh, Florida Georgia Line's a Christian group because they know Chris Tomlin. But Florida Georgia Line's music is like the farthest thing from any sort of, any kind of Christian ethic. You know, I've listened actually to one of their albums a couple of times, and it's just full of, like, you know, getting drunk, premarital, you know, having sex, whatever, whatever. So I'm always kind of torn with when I hear artists like that because I'm always like, well, like, where's the fruit? You know, like if Florida Georgia mm -hmm. Line's like, oh, we're, we're Christian guys or people start putting that yeah. on them. It's like, well, like, none or of like your... Justin Bieber being friends with the Hillsong guy. Yeah, you know, that's another one I wrestled with. I think from what I... And again, I don't know Justin Obviously, Bieber. Obviously, I mean, every situation is so, different and but every yes. person's different. Yeah. yeah, but like I always... And maybe unfairly skeptical <laughs> of like well you don't look or sound like how i want you to sound for a christian so you must not be one yeah. um but i always rest i wrestled with that one a lot hmm. yeah i didn't know i don't know anything about them because obviously i don't listen to country music amen brother <laughs> obviously despite living in kentucky now um so i was i didn't know about like the context of like what they're what they uh present as a band in their songs and stuff um but yeah i mean i i feel like i'm kind of with you like i think it's cool that chris tomlin got to lead worship and that kind of ties into kind of what we're talking about of just you know it doesn't really matter the context or the situation if you can you know be a witness in some way to people or like shift attention to jesus <laughs> at some random concert you know why not do that <laughs> right um but then yeah at the same time obviously you can't control how people react and and how they're going to take that and what they're then going to think about this band or what they're going to think about chris tomlin um but yeah i'm not a huge chris tomlin fan myself <laughs> sorry as as someone who like plays worship for a church and has for a long time i've gotten really tired of some chris tomlin songs if i play one more chris tomlin song on a sunday morning stab gonna, myself in the eye with a drumstick and walk off the stage just with it hanging there there you go all chris yeah. tomlin songs were written after 1900 so we don't sing them awesome I do, do you, think do you though, know do you understand the context of this rap? Do you I, know I do not. Like? Who is Chris Tomlin? Have you heard of a <laughs> guitar? <laughs> a what now? 
It's not. In the, it's not in the Bible, so probably is that, not. Is that so. like a harp? It's sort of like a sideways liar. Oh, <laughs> got it. Um, I, 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 let's go back to this idea though of like this idea of what sharing the gospel means and what it is, because I do think, I think that like American culture is obsessed with like these quick things. And so churches were like, great, here's a quick thing. If they pray this prayer and admit in their heart that they're a sinner and they repent, whatever that means, like more mentally, not like lifestyle wise, but like, you know, the belief has changed, even if it's temporary, like we'll call them a Christian. I just don't know if like that's how it works. So right. that's my my kind of my point is like I don't know. Yes, while the gospel itself, the death and resurrection of Christ, that's a very simple concept. When applied, it's it's a way more life changing application than just a mental state going from oh I didn't know how I felt about Jesus now I believe he died for me and that you know I'm a sinner so now I'm a Christian. I think that there has to be this evidence of life change for that yeah. to be like a, an actual working thing. I don't think it's just a mental shift is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't under, that's well, why, you know, I, I think know. you have to be careful there because you, I don't, you can't say if you don't have, well, you can, I mean, works as evidence of faith. Yes. But I think faith or belief like true faith or belief on its own is what saves you. However, that also that if that is genuine also causes your actions to change. So I guess I do agree with you. Like you will see life change if that is a genuine thing, but I don't think you have to see life change or you don't, you don't have to see the action changing in order for you to already be a Christian. Does that make sense? Like if you're, if you're talking about the timeline here of, you know, give you saying like giving your life to Christ or uh, however you want to, however you should say that I, it's probably the wrong way to say it. But in that moment, you know, that passing from death to life mm -hmm. is, is definitely a, a, a way that the Bible describes it. Um, happens in a moment and that isn't something that you then have to say well i i don't see you don't have this evidence in your life already so you're probably not a christian yet um that's gonna come and and like you said it, it can take time to make that change for your life change to happen i just think that's kind of a tricky you know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a grace versus works thing where like, how do the works play into salvation versus, you know, because they definitely, it's, it's there. It's an element of seeing evidence of true belief, but it's not there as a, like, it doesn't cause salvation. Right. Yeah. But like you said, but you, I'm confused on what you're saying though, because you said that it might take time to see the evidence. Sure. But what I'm saying, if it's like, all right, let's just be extreme. Let's say it's 10 years and there's like no evidence. Well, then, then like, it probably wasn't a genuine belief to begin with. Okay. So, yeah, that's, no, I agree with you there. So, like, I mean, what I'm saying is the like, evidence. Like, what do you, ex and I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling through this with you. I'm, I'm, I'm I don't necessarily have an, like a, an opinion on like this is how it is. But what mm -hmm. I'm wondering is we talk about how the gospel is not just praying a prayer. But mm -hmm. then we talk about how if you repent, 
like by praying and repenting, then you're a Christian. And if you, and it might take time to see faith evident or to say, to see works as a fruit of that. So what I'm asking is like, isn't it kind of then not hard to deduce that? Yes. If you say a prayer, you are indeed, if you say this prayer of repentance, you are, are now saved. Well, here's the difference I think in that is be, when I, when I were, if I were to say, which I agree with that praying it, a pair prayer doesn't save you because simply saying or stating words out loud doesn't necessarily mean that that change is actually happening in your heart. However, if that change is actually happening in your heart, then yes, that is salvation. <laughs> right. It's Which not will prayer. then be evidenced by your work. It isn't the prayer, right? It's what's happening beneath the prayer, <laughs> if right. you will. Mm -hmm. If that makes a little more sense. So it's not you know, when I say it's, it's not a prayer, that doesn't mean that I don't think it happens in a moment or in an instant. I think it is about a mind and heart and soul shift and, and a, an acceptance of that grace that God has offered us um, through Jesus. And I think that ha can happen instantly. Um, and it can happen during a prayer, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. but it, just because someone is saying a prayer, I think that's where we've kind of made the mistake as we've focused more on just what this person is doing on the surface and not what's happening, actually happening in their heart in that moment. Um, and, and that's, that definitely makes it harder. You know, I agree with you, Tim. It, it's, it's harder it's harder for us to understand as other people around that person watching this happen. I think it can be very simple for that person experiencing that. Um, for me, like if, when I gave my life to Christ, it was kind of a process of, of discovering what that really meant. Um, and then it was clear and kind of simple to me in the moment that I did that. Um, and I did pray a prayer, <laughs> um, you know, but I had also prayed a prayer when I was six years old and didn't really understand what was going on. Um, so, I mean, for me, because I can, I can see the examples of both of that in my own life, I understand the difference between saying a prayer and how that doesn't necessarily mean you're a Christian, but also the ability to say a prayer that is backed up by an actual change in your heart and an actual acceptance of salvation that does make you a Christian. Um, like a, a true Christian, not just yeah, I belong I think, to this religion. I think in some, in some, a lot of circles, we have removed God's working from the equation as well. Mm. And it's the modern day version of conversion by the sword. It's just conversion by the prayer. Here, quick, say this prayer and we'll pronounce you a Christian because we want good numbers so then we can boost our, this is how many souls were saved at this event and whatever. And yeah, I think that's it. If the person hasn't been, I mean, w w this gets into a whole different area, um, but it's, it's undeniable that it is God's working in a heart that brings someone to that point. Um, Cause if God didn't, reach out to us with salvation we would never seek after him and that's not reformed theology that's biblical <laughs> theology i was like whoa calvinist <laughs> because 
I, it, it's just inherent. We're not going to, but God has extended the offer to us and given us that choice. And if the person hasn't, isn't at the right place, no amount of how many times they've said that prayer, if, like you're saying, Jordan, if they're not ready for that commitment and they're not truly repentant and they really don't understand, um, and you, they could say that prayer 6,000 times in a row, it's not going to change something. Um, but when somebody is brought to the reality of sin and death and judgment and then pointed to Christ, I think there is a, a real difference in that situation. It could be a prayer. It could be a hymn. It could be a thank you. It, I mean, it could be a million different things for so many different people, but it, but it's always the same thing. People are turned to Christ and just praying a prayer. I don't think does that in of itself. There's so much more that goes into it um, for every different person. It's different how people get there but the result is always the same. What I was kind of starting to get at, and I lost my train of thought while I was talking, is that for those of us, if, if you're like watching this happen in somebody else's life, it's really hard to, to say whether or not that genuinely happened yeah. unless you are also living life with that person. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's what kind of go, gets into discipleship is, mm -hmm. you know, when you are... Um, you living life with someone or you're, you're seeing the fruit in their life and you're seeing, um, all those things, then you can kind of look back as an observer and say, wow, that actually was a real life change in that person. You know, that was a real, um, you know, salvation moment for them. And it is really hard to know for someone else <laughs> if that was genuine without seeing that happen. Um, and I guess, I mean, I, I don't know, I, I don't know for sure about how I feel like this, but I feel like it, it can also be hard, even if you, it, in certain circumstances for that person to know how genuine they were being in that moment, you know, mm -hmm. like, am I just caught up in some emotional thing here? Um, and I think going forward from that and working things out and being in discipleship and being in community with other believers is how that is you know like figured out like was that real was that just an emotional high um and to to go back to what you were saying about the bible thing tim i think when and because what i said was that i think it can start really simple um with something like sharing verses out of a bible and you you ask well where does it go from there um I think it's really easy to go forward from there in ways where, you know, you can invite people to your church, which hopefully is a good environment. <laughs> I know obviously sometimes it's not, um, but you know, the church is here for a reason. Um, and hopefully that is a good environment that someone could like bring a friend and take you know, have the next things explained to them in that kind of circumstance, even if they weren't able to explain those things in the moment. Um, but I think that's kind of, in my opinion, that's, that's where you go from there. Um, if you don't have answers or you don't have the ability to continue that conversation, 
um, as deeply as someone wants to when you're sharing the gospel, it's good to bring somebody else into that. <laughs> Tim? Sounds good. I don't really have any thoughts. I don't, I'm not equipped. I don't have them thought out yet. Not sure. That's all I got. I'm, I don't know what to say. I, I, although, so to go back to the bring your Bible thing, how much time did you spend on their website, Tim? 15 minutes. So just under that paragraph that you read, next step, live your faith. So it goes on, you know, you will be joined by hundreds of thousands of students and their families who are celebrating freedom and faith on this day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the same page, just like a paragraph later, mm -hmm. this is more than just a one-day event for students. It's a year-long uh -huh. movement to empower students and their families to boldly live out their faith on campus and in the culture. For that reason, the motto for Bring Your Bible to School Day is bring it, share it, live it. In keeping with that theme, for the first time this year, we will introduce a Live Your Faith initiative. Hashtag Live Your Faith will equip students and their families with monthly challenges, specific, tangible actions that they can take to live out their faith at school and in the community throughout the year. I think that's exactly what you are asking for. Great. And yet it's buried on their website. It isn't, though. That, I mean, that's that's their whole... You have to go to the website, live, live your faith, and then there's... I'm, I'm happy. That's great. I'm I'm pleased. That's wonderful. So why not why not just call it live your faith then? Like why the bring the Bible? I just don't understand. Anyway, if it's fine. I'm never gonna see it. I'm just blinded. I'm blind I'm part of <laughs> I'm blinded, Rob. My the, eyes the devil I'm dead. Has, the devil I'm has blinded <laughs> your eyes. I'm just dead. And what could a dead man do, Rob? Nothing. Okay. I could do nothing. But that is uh, that truly is amazing, and I hope that continues to grow. I think right. that's kind of what I'm saying is like, I would love to see that continue to grow and become the emphasis of these kinds of movements where it's like, let's show people by our actions, our physical right. actions of love, how the gospel looks. I mean, that if that's not like the, what the Beatitudes are for, you know, what Jesus, how he taught us to live, like physical things to do, that's what I want to see more of. So I am, that is a great find. And for that, I 100% agree with you. And to even go a step further than that, if, you're, if your life doesn't match the gospel that you're preaching, please do us all a favor and don't preach the gospel. Because people will look at your life and the gospel and say, okay, those things don't add up. I don't want what you have. Because if, if your life doesn't reflect that, then it obviously doesn't make a difference and it's not real. Well, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, why, why do you, and again, this is, I'm generalizing here. This is not every human, not every yeah, yeah. person in America, but why do you think like churches are declining attendance wise? I think there's a right. big reason you're seeing that the issue though, and this is back to what I was saying is that th this is not, you know, what you just said, if you're not living the gospel, then whatever, you know, please stop being, I'm, I forgot how, how you put it. How, how, <laughs> if you're I'm not sorry. living it, don't preach it. Right. That even that, depending on who you ask, they're going to have different views on, on what living the gospel looks like. Some people think that protesting LGBTQ events is living the gospel. Some think that, you know, um, you know, loving your neighbor well is the gospel. Something feeding the poor is the gospel. So all I'm trying to say is, like, I understand that that 
that when we say the gospel is simple, it is to a degree true because at least any Christian would, would agree on the death and resurrection of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. Yes, that I think any any Bible-believing, any Christian, and no matter what denomination, has to believe that. I mean, that's just like bare bones. But what that means, the impact of that, that's what is so hotly debated. I mean, that's that's what is so, depending on who you ask, you're going to get different answers. So that's kind of my point is like, yes, I guess the that phrase is simple, but the application is way complicated depending on who you ask. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I wish people saw it all our way. That'd be great because we're right. You know, like, I mean, well, all they have to do is listen well, to that, us. May, maybe not your way. <laughs> all yeah. my way. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I'm Mr. I don't need the Bible. <laughs> I didn't say, you know, this is a classic putting words in my mouth. Classic. Um, but that, that's my point is like, I wish that things were black and white. I, I wish that, that we can say, look how wrong that denominational belief system is. But the reality is that it's, it's just not that simple. And it's frustrating to me because I really love black and white. I love either being right or wrong, in or out. And I love measurable things to say that to people by. But in faith, it's just not that. It's just not. There's just not a way around it. There's not a way around it. Even me. I mean, look at me. I came in bashing this bring your Bible to school day thing only to see, like you pointed out, Rob, on the second paragraph, albeit a little buried but still it's growing <laughs> this hashtag live your faith initiative i think is beautiful begins after the october 3rd event so i didn't even see that so that's something that i just totally missed because of my own bias so we all we all bring in for sure our bias you know i just think that i i think that focus on the family recognizes this too is that we've spent a lot of time in our american culture saying the gospel and saying what you have to do and making sure and making sure people know the morality of like how things should be but we haven't done a lot of like well as a whole again generalizing there hasn't been a big public um awareness of christians living their faith well to the culture at large so hopefully this hashtag live your faith can begin some of those things in younger kids where they realize that it's not just about it's not just believing the right things, it's living them as well, because that's evidence that we're mm -hmm. believing a certain way. So that's what I hope this becomes. <laughs> yeah, which sure. I, I believe is very Pauline and James-ish. <laughs> yeah, uh, both yes. together. Both together, yes. <sighs> I feel so much better now. See, sometimes we have to just <laughs> yell it out. Yeah. I love yelling it out. Aren't you glad we're friends? Not tonight. <laughs> no of course i'm glad we're friends i only you can only yell with certain friends when you have newer friends in your life you have to you have to be really careful yeah because they might think that like you're really mad at them and like your friendship's on the line but i i, I always have to say like no, no listen i i know i'm speaking loudly here but i'm not mad at you i'm just expressing my view but with <laughs> you guys i can just yell at you it doesn't matter yeah for and sure we'll yell right back you do you bring it i think that's I a good do note to end our episode on i think this is a good one our last one was super long this one's probably a normal length but i think we there can end go. it right there <laughs> i would love though to hear if people get this far to some people's feedback uh excuse me on their view of this bring your bible uh to school movement if i'm just in la la land here or if they agree <laughs> with me 
I prefer you to agree with me. It validates me as a human. <laughs> um, but if you don't, then don't bother commenting. <laughs> 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 send us a message leave us a comment we have discussed rob i'm sorry i'm gonna break what i said oh. we, 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 i'm sorry I'm, I'm gonna bring it up we have discussed you know uh jordan this is new to you the idea okay. of maybe doing a facebook live podcast as well so we can record hey. the audio and post later but also do it live and be able to respond to comments and maybe bring people into the conversation yeah. um, there are a few people off the top of my head who i know would jump at the opportunity to argue with me via text is it so, russell yeah yeah he's the main one he's he's the only Hi, one russell. really so i would love to but tear russell a new one i'm i'm not sure if russell's <laughs> up at 11 o'clock at night well i mean we should probably 10 if we do it we should probably not do it at 11 o'clock i mean 10, let's, actually let's you play know at what? a better time you're gonna laugh don't laugh at this but it's true they say that the best engagement on social media is that 9.30 to 10.30 window because a lot of people are home, they're chilling mm. out, they're on their phones more. And one of the social media accounts I run uh, for Resonate, we get the best engagement when we post around 9.30. I know it sounds crazy. We just do. It's just how it works. So maybe, right. we, could do, maybe, maybe we can do like an 8.30 time. Everybody's laying in bed, ignoring their spouse. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> dude, me and Sarah, Maybe your are, bed. Sarah and I are so bad at that because we call each other out. Like oh. when, when, when one of us is doing it, but the other is not for a minute. It's like, why won't yeah, you pay yeah. attention to me? Like you do this all the time. No, I don't. And then the minute later, it's the opposite. Yep. <laughs> we, yeah, we've welcome. Welcome to marriage, Tim. <laughs> marriage in ever, the 21st century. Marriage? You guys ever had the moment where you're both on the couch, the TV's off. You're just on your phones, not talking to each other. Yep. And then you wake up and you go, this is our life now, huh? This is just our life. You're on the couch. I'm on the couch. We're not talking. We're just scrolling through social media. I'm so glad we're spending time with pictures of our friends. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm going to go do that right now. <laughs> well, on that note, everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, feel free to share it. Hope you got a lot out of it. We will catch you next time. Thanks for checking out the Coffee, Theology, and Jesus podcast. You can always drop us a line on Facebook or through our email, podcast at coffeetheologyandjesus.com, as we love to hear from our listeners. Until next time, drink coffee, discuss theology, and love Jesus.